Hello and welcome to A Changing Landscape, your one-time podcast with all things Guatemalan U.S. immigration. We are your hosts, Cameron, Maya, and Michael. Here you will learn oodles of cool information on Guatemala, both its history and its presence, its strengths and its weaknesses, and a personal story of immigration from Michael himself. Thank you for tuning in. Guatemala, a land in middle America that was once covered in lush forests, thriving ecosystems, and blessed with an operative government, has now fallen victim to nationalism natural disaster, political corruption, civil war, and deforestation. These things have left the country almost unrecognizable to the eyes of its oldest citizens and neighbors. As time goes on, the living and political conditions of Guatemala are not improving. This is causing many residents to flee to other countries like the U.S. Guatemala is located in middle America. It is south of Mexico, west of Belize, and north of Honduras and El Salvador. The country was originally home to the Mayans as early as 2000 BC until the Spanish conquest in 1525. It was under the control of the Spanish until it became an independent state in 1821. Because of the early Spanish control, Guatemala has many commonalities with Spain. For example, the official language of Guatemala is Spanish and the most common religion is Catholicism. Those same characteristics are held pridefully by the Spaniards. The capital city of Guatemala is none other than Guatemala City. It has a population of 2.9 million. Guatemala City is considered the heart of the country and is thought to hold the most authentic modern Guatemalan culture anywhere. Guatemala has many strengths as a country, but they are paired with many weaknesses. One of its strengths is that Guatemalan citizens are gushing with national pride. Another is that because of its tropical climate, it can export goods that many countries cannot attain without trade. These goods include coffee, sugar, spices, and many different fruits and vegetables. Sadly, Guatemala has an array of problems that that make the country weaker. Corruption in the government has left the justice system dysfunctional, causing public security to hit an all-time low. On top of this, 50% of Guatemala's population now lives below the poverty line, and 23% of those people live in extreme poverty. Because of the mass state of poverty, public schooling is too expensive for a very large percent of the population. The country also has deficiencies that it cannot control, like the fact that Guatemala stands on some of the most dangerous, dangerous land on the planet when it comes to natural disaster. Volcano eruptions, hurricanes, landslides, flash floods, and earthquakes all wreak wreak havoc on the country by destroying small villages and damaging even their largest cities. These weaknesses have caused many Guatemalans to leave the country for elsewhere. A great deal of them have chosen to relocate to the U.S. Guatemalan U.S. immigration started in the 1960s due to the Guatemalan Civil War. It ran from 1960 to 1996 and was fought between the Guatemalan government and various rebel groups. Some fought for better living conditions, while other leftist groups fought for change in the government's views and values. All in all, the war was fought because Guatemalan citizens wanted to live better lives, and the government was unwilling to provide. The war left thousands dead and many more displaced in Mexico and Honduras. Even though the war is over now, the aftermath has left the country in shambles and has caused many push factors for citizens to arise. One of the biggest reported push factors from Guatemala is that it lacks an affordable and functional public schooling system. In the current system, teachers are overworked and underpaid. School buildings are overpopulated and lack supplies. 
and most families cannot even afford the public schooling that is supposed to be free and accessible for everyone. Many immigrants come to the U.S. solely for schooling opportunities. Once Guatemalan immigrants arrive in the U.S., they primarily settle in major cities along the East Coast, along the Gulf and the Mexican-American border. In these places, there have been very little reports of ridicule and hate crimes directed at Guatemalan immigrants. In the end, Guatemala has gone through many changes, both as a people and as a country. Deforestation and natural disaster has changed the landscape, as well as the standards of living. Corruption in the government has put citizen satisfaction and public security on a downward trend. Poverty has made famine prominent, and a lack of a satisfactory public schooling program has put a positive change for Guatemala farther into the future. Hopefully, it will slowly return to a secure state to live in, but for now, we must welcome these immigrants with open arms to help them come to a better situation. Now that we've set a solid foundation of background information on Guatemala, we can get into the interesting stuff. What's going on in Guatemala now? What are some of the real-life experiences immigrants from this place face? Those questions and more will be answered in our next segment with Maya. Many people immigrate to the U.S. every day for many different reasons. People leave their homes and hope for a way to start a new and better life. However, when immigrants arrive in the U.S., there are still challenges they have to face. Arrests on illegal immigrants have gone up by 40% since Donald Trump became president. According to Nick Miroff and Maria Sacchetti from the Washington Post, critics say ICE is increasingly grabbing at the lowest hanging fruit of deportation eligible immigrants to meet the president's unrealistic goals, replacing a targeted system with a scattershot approach aimed at boosting the agency's enforcement statistics. While Obama was president, immigrants whose only crime was living in the United States were left alone. Now the Trump administration has made it easier for illegal immigrants to be arrested. In 2017, ICE made 37,734 arrests. This includes immigrants with possible charges and those who have no criminal record. Ami Carr was 16 when he left his home and family in Guatemala and, immig and immigrated to the United States in search for a better education. He came speaking very little English and as an unaccompanied minor. Thus, he was forced to spend time in two immigration detention centers before finally ending up at the Howard School in Atlanta, Georgia. According to Megan Mangrum from the Times Free Press, Almi Carr is one of 35 students in two English as a second language classes at Howard who have made it to their senior year and are about to graduate. To celebrate the students' accomplishments, the teachers from the Howard School decided to take them on a trip to Washington, D.C. The students are all very excited to go. After graduating, Almi Carr hopes to go to college, but being an undocumented immigrant, his options are finite. He currently has an immigration attorney working on his case to gain legal status. Almi Carr hopes to someday be able to build a house and start a business so his family can live with him in the United States. The Howard School has had a major impact on many immigrant students like Almi Carr. They make it possible for them to get a good education. Aldea News reports on a story about a girl from Guatemala named Liliana Vallesquez. According to Edwin Lopez Moya, in five years, this Guatemalan immigrant managed to reverse a bleak destiny to create her own American dream. Her father had been very sick, so when she was only nine years old, she left school to help with her household, household chores. While living in Guatemala, Liliana experienced things like hunger, domestic violence, sexual abuse, and child labor. All things, all atrocities that no child should have to face. Liliana then decided she needed to leave Guatemala. She spent three weeks walking and riding trains and buses until finally reaching the United States. 
She finished school in Philadelphia and now at age 19 is studying nursing. Last year, she also wrote a bilingual book called Dreams and Nightmares. Liliana hopes to someday go back to Guatemala to help her people. Ultimately, both ultimately both Almikar and Liliana have experienced a lot of change in their lives. They both left their home in search for change and new things happen to them every day. Change in the U.S. has had a huge impact on these people as well. With a new president and new laws, it has become more of a challenge for undocumented immigrants to have a life in the U.S. There are many people with similar stories as Omicar and Liliana, and change plays a big part in all of their lives. Now that we've spoken on a few current events, we should dive into the most primary source we have. Our next speaker, Michael, will now share his own personal story of immigrating from Guatemala. My name is Michael Krauss. I'm a U.S. immigrant from Guatemala. I was given up by my mother and given to a foster care home. After about a year, I was given to the, my current mother and father and brought to the United States of America. It's been 15 years since that, and my life has not been what you, call, what you could call easy. I don't remember anything from when I was in Guatemala, but the only thing I have from that, from that time is a photo album that was given to my adopted parents from my foster mom and stories that my uh, foster mom has for, to tell me. <clears throat> my foster parents, when my foster parents came to get me, my adopted mother tells me stories of Guatemala and when she was there. She has to talk about the people that she had encountered with whenever she went out to the hotel or whenever she was out of the, in the city. There was one in particular woman that she liked to talk about. What? When she, she was a weaver, she made many different designs and all the time, and she, there were different things. In such a definite fine detail. My mom thought they were absolutely gorgeous. My mother had gotten me one to hang up in my room, so I had something from my old home. It's been there ever since. I look at it every night. It's one of the most beautiful things that, and pieces of artwork that I've ever laid my eyes on. Now, everyone knows that babies aren't good on planes. I'll tell you that. According to my mom, I was absolutely terrible my first plane ride from Guatemala to the United States. Now, once I landed... And my life started in the United States. It was not very easy. Yes, the first few years, crying, pooping, peeing, all that. Easy. But once I got to elementary school and kindergarten, I looked different. Every kid there was white, had white parents, grew up, no problem. I was smack dab in the middle, brown. I was different and set aside. Everyone looked at me a little differently until they got to know me. Then they realized I was a nicer person. But before then, I was looked upon, frowned upon, teased upon, made fun upon. Not very fun, I'll tell you that. Especially in elementary school, for my first grade bullet. Yes, I was bullied because of my skin and where I was from, and because of that. One day when my mom came in to pick me up, this girl, I will keep her name just in case anything happens, she comes up and she goes, your mom's white. That's not right. You're brown. After that, she started making fun of me a lot more. She like wanted to get a reaction. It was not very nice of her. After about a month or two of her doing this, I finally got a reaction. She finally got a reaction out of me. And this is how I got kicked out of my. This is how I got kicked out of my elementary school. I took a pair of scissors. I pointed at her across the hall, and I yelled, "You should go die. You're not very nice to me. Just because I'm brown doesn't make me different." Now, I think she got the point because she ran away and told on me. But what I'm saying is that you shouldn't bully brown people and immigrants. Being an immigrant is difficult. It's not easy. You get made fun of, you get looked down upon, and you get frowned upon. 
especially because of the way that people have the stereotypes for them these days. Now, I've, this is I'm speaking of who I am now. I've met a lot of people who are like me since then, who don't know their parents, who may also be adopted, and who might be immigrants to the United States from overall. I have a few in my class, and it's kind of reassuring to know that I have people who share sim similar stories and who are in similar predicaments as me. Now, here's something I'd like to say. Please don't become someone who makes fun of kids like me, like the girl in my first grade class. Don't get me wrong, I still hear immigrant jokes all the time. Trust me, I shut those down. I don't like them. But it sadly has become a routinely thing. I want to make, want it to be known that it's a struggle for immigrants to come and that the biggest thing that you can do is be nice to them and treat them like normal human beings. <clears throat> so, being an immigrant is a hardship. Immigrants are changing Americans every day. Life is good. Change is good. And change is what a lot of people don't like. And that includes immigrants coming to the United States. I think that it's a great thing that they're coming, and I think that you should treat them how they, they should be treated. Thank you for listening to A Changing Landscape. Today we've laid out background information on Guatemala, talked about a few current events, and heard a personal story from someone who immigrated from Guatemala to the U.S. This is Cameron Maya Michael signing off.